You're listening to episode 306 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a human connection coach, speaker, and mental health advocate with an insatiable sense of curiosity and adventure, always asking more questions and using the power of stories to teach, learn, and grow. It's about allowing for room to grow, and this podcast focuses on three main pillars, human connection, personal growth, and freedom. We cover topics like relationships and cultivating genuine supportive connections with ourselves and others, speaking your truth, shattering personal barriers, radical self-acceptance, and courageously leaning into your skill sets. Whether it's a solo episode or bringing on highly curated guests with incredible stories, experiences, and expertise to share, we're leaning in and taking the entire idea of growth to the next level, all while still covering the uncomfortable topics that many of us like to avoid. There's always more room to grow. Let's do this. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. Emily here. And today we're going to talk about how we define emotional strength, because I think that a lot of times the the definition that we have can change how we feel about ourselves and how we feel about other people. And this this is a big one, because if we have these preconceived ideas and notions of what emotional strength is. And then we think that we don't measure up to that or that someone else doesn't measure up to that somehow that can be really tough to manage. And everyone can have a slightly different version of, of what emotional strength means. And a lot of this can be affected cross-culturally as well. And what's considered to be the norm in different cultures and societies, but overall, most of the common ideas of emotional strength may look or sound like things Things along the lines of uh, strength being defined as sort of the tough upper lip, right? Having a tough upper lip, um, grin and bear it, laugh it off. Uh, those, those types of sort of antidotes that we can hear and even say a lot of times. And we might see someone sort of swallowing their pain without even feeling or expressing it and call it grace when it's actually killing them on the inside but they maybe feel as though they have to hold it all in, in order to gain the title of, of the strong one. And when we see someone have something really deeply painful or traumatic happen to them, and then we see them move through that in a way that doesn't really show a huge amount of pain outwardly, we can often call that strength and we can reward that. And, and for some people, yes, that can be how people move, move through that, but it's, it's tough to find the balance on that because sometimes if we take that too far, then someone might think that if they want to be considered that version of, of strong, then they're, they might be afraid to show their pain outwardly because they don't want to lose perhaps that reputation that they have developed, that they value, that they place a huge amount of value in. And historically, emotional strength has not been a definition given in instances when someone vividly and outwardly expressed their pain and in these huge ways, right? It's been better to simply take it and, you know, maybe be a bit sad, but to deal with it and move on pretty much. And (laughs) I've, I've often been credited with laughing my way through talking about really traumatic or, or painful experiences that I've gone through. And Yes, that is partly my sense of humor. That, that is just partly me. It's how I show up in the world. It's the way I teach. And it's extremely genuine. That, that is 100% me. What you hear on this podcast is me in real life as well. 
all of my closest friends, they, they get, uh, to hear sort of that, that same version of me, you know, like laughing through things like that, but it can also partly be a defense mechanism. And we have to be conscious of the difference between the two. And, and I fully acknowledge that there are times where I have subconsciously trained myself to laugh through talking about trauma or pain, even with tears pouring down my face, because it's my natural inclination to offset any potential discomfort that I think the other person might experience by discussing something so heavy. And I think a lot of people could maybe relate to that. And sometimes we don't even realize that that's what we're doing. And I've become more conscious to it. And yet sometimes, yes, when I am laughing about things, people can be surprised. They're like, how are you laughing about this? And there are parts of, of things that have happened to me that have uh, been related to very painful or traumatic circumstances. Sometimes that there are portions of that, that I do find actually comical at this point, sometimes because they're just so insane and ridiculous. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> how did this happen to me? <laughs> so it is totally genuine, but there is a very fine line between the genuine humor and masking, um, maybe what we're really feeling in order to offset another's discomfort. And the thing is, is that emotions need to move or they'll come back 10 times worse. I will continue to remind you of that over and over again. I've said that before. I will continue to say that again. We have to feel it. And it's, it's harder in the moment to feel it, but it's a lot more difficult to push it down and then have it eat you alive from the inside out. And, and what do I mean by feeling it? It's sort of like allowing yourself to go into it. If you feel sad, don't try to avoid it be fucking sad. It's okay. It's valid. And it is allowed. If you feel angry, be angry, get it out. I actually had a friend of mine who teaches uh, Reiki, who used to say that she would go into the middle of the woods when no one was around or in her car and just kind of like scream at the top of her lungs. If, if that's something that helps you get your anger out, then do that. Uh, it, the, the, this sort of the, this expression of emotion will look different for everyone. And the way that some people choose to express their emotions might make you uncomfortable too. But as long as you are not causing harm to anyone, then to, to any other entity, to anything like then that to me is probably okay. And you can almost create a container for yourself to express it in, in like a safe and healthy way too. Maybe you play a song and you allow yourself to feel your anger for the entire song. Maybe you have, you know, like put on some rage against the machine or something like that. That's often what I like lifting to, but you can do something like that, that allows you to just sort of move and you can maybe dance or, you know, like whatever you want to do to get it out, to move it through you. But what's interesting is that the experience of an emotion actually only lasts about 90 seconds, but what keeps us suffering is the stories that we attach to the emotions as they keep coming up. And when we feel things, we, choose and create the stories that can either keep us in that headspace, or we can choose to see it from a different perspective and tell ourselves a different story about what it means. So just as one example here, you know, maybe uh, you're craving chocolate cake and you go to the local bakery to get some, but they're out. And the story that you, that you then tell yourself is that the people who work at the bakery must hate you. <laughs> right? Like that's, that's a ridiculous example, but that is a, an example of 
a, a moment in time where you are feeling an emotion because of a story that you have told yourself. And I, I wanted to use something super obvious there, but start paying attention to those moments where you're having an, an emotional experience, whatever that is, whether you're sad, angry, um, surprised, shocked, whatever, whatever it is, when you have that moment in time, ask yourself what story you are telling yourself that is creating the, the, the actual pain for you, the emotional turmoil for you. So if somebody said something to hurt you, maybe you ask yourself some questions and sort of challenge yourself a little bit. Byron Katie talks about this a lot, you know, kind of challenging yourself about when you have a thought, ask yourself if that is 100% true. Can you, can you be absolutely 100% certain that the story that you're telling yourself is true? Nine times out of 10, you, you can't because you don't live in the other person's head. So it, that's not to diminish, you know, if someone else call, uh, caused you genuine hurt, that's not to diminish that. But the story that we tell ourselves about that, we don't know what they're going through either. We don't know what they're dealing with. We, we can't see inside of their head or maybe assumptions that they have made, whether incorrect or, or, or otherwise, that made them say the things that they did. And that's not to shirk responsibility. We still have to, to own our own shit. We still have to take responsibility for how we show up in the world. But when we are creating these stories, we have to ask ourselves, it, is it 100% true? Because it might not be. It might not be. And we worry sometimes about going fully into an emotion for a variety of reasons. We, we often worry about going fully into an emotion because we feel like it will awaken something in us. And there's, there's two problems with this. Number one is that you don't trust yourself. You don't trust yourself to feel it. You don't trust yourself to manage whatever might be awakened in you. And the second part of that is if you're so worried that it will awaken something, it means that you're actually conscious to the fact that you've been stuffing something down or there wouldn't be anything to awaken, right? That's a tough one. Our emotions are data and they are these neon flashing lights to what we care about and what matters to us. We have to feel what we need to feel. And the emotions that you might notice coming up, they're, they're valid. And anything that comes up is coming to the surface for a reason. And it has roots that are worth exploring and can help you better understand it and to move through it. You have to feel all of it, even though it's painful and it will allow you to heal and to move forward, feeling like more of yourself than you ever maybe have felt before. Sometimes strength, emotional strength means sobbing or getting angry. All of it is movement of emotions and emotions have to move or they get stuck. And I often tell people too, you know, emotions, we can move them through us physically as well. So if you're having an emotional moment, move your body. When you move your body, the emotions move as well. And you can do that by going for a workout, uh, going for a walk, like just doing some jumping jacks. If you want to, whatever it is, like, like workouts are, are, are a moving meditation for me. And I always, even if I'm still having a huge issue after workout, I still always feel a thousand times better than I did before 
or just going for a walk or whatever that is. It always changes my emotional state. And we have to do that. We have to allow the emotions to move through us. And sometimes if we feel stuck emotionally, moving our body will move them through us for, for us. One of the, there's a spiritual mentor that I'm actually working with right now. And <laughs> initially, every time I got on the phone with her, I could be feeling totally fine when I got on the call and she would barely open her mouth to start talking and I would start crying. <laughs> I'm like, what the literal fuck? <laughs> and she reminded me that it's a movement of energy. It's all a release. It's all a release. And, and moreover, you know, again, if you're experiencing an emotion, it's for a reason. As you're talking about, or even just thinking about a particular scenario or particular person or experience, pay attention to what you notice coming up for you. Are your eyes welling with tears? Is your jaw clenched? Can you feel your hands and feet or, or have they gone numb? Or are you maybe clenching? Um, is your stomach in knots? Are you feeling rage building up? Do you feel nervous? Are your palms sweaty? What about feeling anxious or stressed? Like pay attention to these types of experiences. One emotion that I have sometimes struggled with is anger. And I had a fiery temper in my late teens and, and very early twenties. I was very easily triggered by a lot of things. And I, I finally started to have realizations as to why I was so angry. And once I got to the root of it, the anger dissipated. Now I'm incredibly calm and measured. And I have been for years at this point, but sometimes I've taken that too far and maybe sometimes not allowing myself to feel the anger because I was afraid to go into it. I, I, I was, I was worried that if, if I went into it, I would get stuck in it and lost in it and not be able to come out of it. So I didn't trust myself to go into the anger because I was worried that I would end up being just sort of angry at the world, like all the time, like I was years and years and years ago. And that, that is a self-trust issue ultimately. And there's also a lot to be said here about trauma-informed care. Um, that's, that is absolutely part of this conversation as well. And sometimes we have to kind of like dip our toe in the water before we go fully into it. And that's something that I, I definitely recommend having additional support to handle and to manage. That's really, really important. But societally speaking, women are also taught to not get angry. Whereas men are often taught to not be sad or to express sadness. Those are very like broad sweeping statements, but, but culturally speaking, that tends to be the way of the world. And there have been moments when people have expected me to be angry and I have numbed myself to it and only allowed myself to feel sadness. And I felt that that was me being emotionally strong. And two of my absolute best friends in the world can easily tap into their anger. And we'll have conversations sometimes about the fact that if I'm going through something really heavy, my default emotion is to typically feel sadness. Whereas theirs is to typically feel ang anger. And I don't mean anger, like throwing things, just like anger, feeling the anger of a situation where maybe someone has done you wrong or something, you know, really painful and, and really hurtful. And maybe anger is what comes to the surface for you. And that's valid. There is a reason for that. When anger is coming to the surface, it's for a reason. 
And sometimes that's the one that we can stuff down or for other people, these tend to be the two and, and they're all kinds of different emotions, obviously, but these tend to be the two that we can either, you know, go really deep into, or we can kind of stuff down is anger and, and sadness, which is why I'm, I'm focusing on those a little bit, but this, this work, it's never done, but how it shows up changes and, and shifts. And the past few months, I've been doing a lot of different types of trauma work and, and a variety of different like healing modalities and, and energetic work to deepen into my sense of self. And it's brought up new layers of things that I thought I was completely past. And it's been incredibly useful to create these new insights and connections for myself. But something else that I want to remind you of is that there is strength in fragility. It's okay to feel fragile sometimes there is still strength in them and simply allowing yourself to have the experience of feeling a little bit fragile requires strength and self-acceptance, radical self-acceptance. You don't always have to be the strong one, the, the rock, the one with your shit together, the one with the spine of steel who can handle whatever life throws this direction while mustering as much grace as possible. It's okay to be fragile sometimes. You don't always have to be the strong one. You can actually allow yourself to be held and supported and to receive. And that's, that takes a huge amount of strength. That takes a huge amount of strength, strength that some people never get to the point of opening themselves up to feel. And sometimes when the journey gets hard, maybe it's the universe asking you to trust even harder that there's something different on the other side of this process that you're moving through as things unfold. And when it comes to emotional strength, all of this to say, that yes, there will always be more room to grow, right? <laughs> and we also have lives to lead. So don't allow yourself to get pulled so deeply into the so-called healing work that you don't take steps forward with more of what you want in your life because you're in a constant state of believing you're not ready to. And this is why I really wanted to define, redefine what emotional strength means because there does there doesn't always have to be an either or you can be feeling sad and be showing up like a boss at work um you can be feeling angry and be a great friend to somebody who needs you you know be feeling angry about something that that you've got going on i mean and be great uh great support for somebody who who needs you as well there there are so many one of the things that I always really want to teach the most is duality and how much duality exists, that things don't have to be black and white. I, I talk about this all the time. I, I live life in the gray area. I live life in the gray zone because there is so little about the human experience that is black and white or super rigid. And when we allow ourselves to get stuck into that, that type of compartmentalization, it doesn't allow us to see different perspectives and to gain new understandings into both ourselves and into others and the human experience in general. So when we start to reconsider what emotional strength means to us, 
and how we define it both for other people and for ourselves. And often we don't give ourselves nearly as much grace as we will give other people too. So when you're having this conversation with yourself about what emotional strength means, make sure that you're showing yourself the same love and compassion and kindness that you're showing everybody else too. If, if you have a, a close friend or loved one who's having a really hard time, you're not going to tell them to, you know, have a stiff upper lip, like get over it. Right. <laughs> That's not usually how most people handle it. Not at, at least not in this day and age, thankfully. Um, but then we have to remember that we are worthy of that too. We are worthy of that same level of compassion and understanding. And when we show ourselves that it's, it feels really good. And you can start to catch yourself with this, right? Where you can start to notice when you're maybe being really judgmental towards yourself initially, and then go, Oh no, I don't do that anymore. That's not how I show up for me anymore. And recognize that you can still be strong, even when you are feeling any sort of emotion deeply, even when you're in pain, even if you feel fragile, that doesn't make you weak. That's still emotional strength that comes from within. And I really want you to, to redefine your entire relationship with what you consider to be emotional strength and allow yourself to take action on this. That is imperfect and messy. And, and even if you don't feel ready and be open and willing to accept and receive help. That's really important. And it's tough to do. It's tough to do. We can be so good at giving it, but receiving it, we can sometimes put up walls because maybe we don't feel deserving of it. Maybe we feel, um, un unworthy somehow. Maybe we feel like it makes us weak, right. To, to accept help. Like, no, no, I got this. I got this. Nobody, nobody is an island. No one is an island. We all need support. Sometimes we all are worthy of receiving that extra compassion and, and kindness from others. And there is nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't make you any less strong to accept help. It doesn't make you any less strong. In fact, it, to me, it makes you even stronger. It makes you even stronger. Think about the foundation of a house. A foundation of a house is not built with like one brick wall or, you know, one single post. Like it's all of the different pieces that come together to build the foundation that the rest of the house is built upon. We have to think about that. We have to think about that. I always, and, and I always come back to like nature metaphors. So if, if the house and foundation thing doesn't get you, <laughs> let's bring it to nature. Cause I always bring it back to nature. So think about a tree. Yes. You will see like a single solitary tree, tree, right. Standing of its own accord. But what you don't see is the massive underground root system that is holding it up. That is the tree's foundation. And yes, it all comes from that tree, but the tree doesn't just magically sprout it on it on its own without help. It has help from the sun and the rain and the soil and all of these, you know, different organisms that uh, create the, the fertile ground for the soil with lots of nutrients and stuff. There is nothing that does that flourishes 
There's nothing that flourishes without help. So remember that when it comes to emotional strength and start to redefine how you think of emotional strength. So the next time maybe you catch yourself um, laughing about something that is actually incredibly painful, that might be genuine. That, and, and again, like it is 100% genuine for me at times, but there are times where I have noticed that I am trying to offset someone else's, what I interpret to be someone else's potential discomfort. So that's also my own interpretation. That's the lens that I'm looking through it where I'm going, I am making the decision for them about, oh, they can't handle what I'm about to say unless I add some laughter in. And that, and again, that's not always the case. Like I, when I'm laughing about some of this stuff, it is totally genuine, but I am very conscious of noticing now when I'm doing that, because I feel like I need to, to soften or control the experience that someone else is having being on the receiving end of what I'm talking about. So notice that as well, because then you might be actually taking away from their experience. You know, let, let the other person have the full experience and yes, not everyone will be prepared and that's okay. That's okay. And we don't do emotional dumping either. So if you are going to be talking about something, you know, really heavy with someone, I try to have a, and, and this is assuming, you know, you're going to kind of like go deep with somebody. I try to have a conversation with someone first about being like, you know, are you okay to talk about this right now? Because sometimes, you know, if somebody's had a really long day, we've all had those moments where we've maybe had a really crazy week. We have our own stuff going on and someone needs to talk to us about their stuff and we want to be there for them, but we can't even energetically muster up what is needed to be there for them until we kind of replenish ourselves a little bit. So that's important too. So we don't do emotional dumping, but <laughs> when you are having these types of conversations, just be aware of that and be aware of what you are considering to be emotional strength in other people as well. Okay. So I hope this helps. Let me know how this lands. I'd love to hear it. Um, please send me a DM over on Instagram. We're at Emily Goff coach. I would love to hear from you. I always love hearing your stories, or if there's a particular episode that really resonated with you, please let me know, please share this episode. It helps me get uh, this podcast out there to more people who need to hear it. And thank you so much for listening. We'll be back soon. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. It means the absolute world to me, and I'm so grateful. For any references in the episode and all show notes, be sure to jump over to roomtogrowpodcast.com. And if this episode touched your heart, it would mean so much if you would take a quick second to hit subscribe, write a review, and share on social media or with someone who really needs to hear today's message. It makes such a difference to keep this podcast going so I can continue to bring you amazing content and absolutely incredible guests. Be sure to tag me over on Instagram at Emily Goff Coach so that I can thank you in real time for listening and connect with you. We're back every Tuesday and Thursday with new episodes and I'm looking forward to growing with you.